Hey, what is going on everybody? Isaac Mashman here and welcome back to another episode of Chase the Vision with Isaac Mashman, the show that is all about helping you get better results in your life through me sharing my experiences in business, life, and personal growth, and also having amazing guests who share their experiences and knowledge as well. Today, I have somebody who I was able to connect with over the past couple of months uh, through a random pitch, believe it or not. As you guys know, I do run the public relations for Mashman Ventures, and part of press is getting featured into press. And uh, I managed to get into one of her articles that she wrote on Medium, and then I started diving into some of her work, and I saw what she had going on. And uh, I have the famous Ashley Grant with me. And the reason I'm introducing her as the famous famous Ashley Grant is because there's an actual story behind that. So Ashley is a ghost writer. She's, uh, she does a lot of blogging. She has an entire list of things that she does. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. 100%. I'm glad to have you on. Um, I know that we don't know too much about one another behind the scenes or anything like that. We really haven't had the chance to communicate a whole lot, but I'm super excited to learn more about what you do, your specialty, how you got involved. So where are you from originally? I believe that we're, I'm talking to a fellow Floridian, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I actually lived in um, Florida for 35 years. Uh, I was born in Kentucky, and then we moved whenever I was a year old to uh, to Tampa, Florida. And believe it or not, I actually just came back to Kentucky. This year, we moved right in the middle of winter, which was the dumbest thing we could have done. But we, oh, we moved up. Yeah, <laughs> not the not the brightest uh, move. But uh, we did it um, on January in January of this year, because after the pandemic, realizing just how important family is, we decided we needed to uproot our entire lives of 35 years and come back to family. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Tampa, Florida is a good place. It's actually a place in Florida that not many people know or think of, except for the Buccaneers. I mean, I know Tom Brady, if we're talking about sports, you know, made that transition from the Patriots to Tampa. And that's pretty much the only thing people know about um, when it comes to that. But it's a, it's a beautiful city. I've been able to go there a couple of different times, but it has a different energy than other places in Florida. Have you been able to travel to Miami or travel to Jacksonville or Daytona or anywhere else? Oh, absolutely. I've been to Miami and Jacksonville, Daytona, all that. And, uh, you know, also been to St. Petersburg and Clearwater and Clearwater um, and St. Petersburg both often make like the top, you know, 15 beaches in the United States. They make that a lot. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Tampa does have an interesting energy. There's there's a, a great art vibe. And we're also now known as Champa Bay because we didn't just win the Super Bowl. We've also won the Stanley Cup and the World Series. So Champa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Casual flex. Now, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's dive into your professional career, because normally I interview a lot of people who have been involved with business. Maybe they're their own business owner and content creation and being a freelance is, in my opinion, a business like it, it is an actual business that you have to treat as such. But you have gotten you got started in the professional world of journalism, if I'm not mistaken, starting doing some reporting. And that's actually how your name came about. Can you kind of walk with us through your early professional years and kind of share how you got started and what you're doing? Absolutely. Back when I was a baby writer, <laughs> a baby blogger, if you will, um, I started in 2007. I, I uh, was doing, whenever I was in college, I was doing like some beat reporting for the local newspapers and things like that. I um, 
I, I had done a couple of internships and I, so I was working for like local magazines as well. And I happened to get in with um, Metro Mix, which at the time was an affiliate of WTSP, which is Channel 10 down in Tampa. They used to run a, a like a little sub niche website called Metro Mix. And basically we would go out and we would cover like the bar scene, the music scene, um, all the nightlife stuff that people like to do. And and even the daytime stuff that adult activities, you know, sometimes we would do kids stuff, but it was mostly adult stuff. And so basically what was happening was I was going out pretty often covering events. And there was a guy who is known lovingly as Ron from the Don. Um, he was a concierge at the Don Cesar, which is also known as the Pink Palace or the Pink Hotel in St. Petersburg. And one day we were at an event together and he had seen me at several events and he just blurted out, oh my God, the famous Ashley Grant is here. And the whole night he kept repeating that over and over. He started introducing me to people as famous Ashley. And um, let's just put it this way. After a little too much white wine, I accidentally ordered business cards that said famous Ashley. And then after that, I started handing them out. And it this was the great. first, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a true story though. It's the craziest, but uh, uh, so I handing out business cards that said famous Ashley. And it was the first year I made full-time income as a freelance writer. And so I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. And I'm, I'm kind of a vain person anyway. And in some respects, I, I love telling people what I'm doing and what I'm up to. So hmm. um, I, I get very excited, like sharing what I'm up to. And so I bought the domain famousashleygrant.com. And next thing I knew I was doing a lot of writing <laughs> and, and like I had told you before we got on this, um, you know, people used to call me looking for another Ashley Grant, who was also a writer in, uh, in Sarasota. And I would joke with them. No, I'm the famous one. <laughs> <laughs> now you're not saying that though. The, the interesting thing is if somebody was to come across your content for the first time, they'd say, Oh, okay. That's a little bit proud. That's a little bit prideful. You know, who is she to put famous in front of the name as, you know, kind of almost like a title like Dr. Ashley Grant accepted instead of doctor, it's famous. Uh, but it's not really done in, in a way to where it's out of pride so much as it's a strategic move to take up SEO. It's a strategic move to be memorable and to break through. And uh, I mean, not only are there other Ashley Grants in the professional world, but there's also a Simpsons character named Ashley Grant. And so that is kind of a similar strategy with what I would normally do with a client that has a very common name. I, actually, yesterday I was on a client call and I named the kid. Like I literally, we went through a list of baby names and we're like, okay, you have a very stereotypical name that is not going to allow you to pop up at all and then if you were to search up there are other people who have that name and so we used his last name as his first and then we gave him an entirely new last name as a strategic strategy to make it to where you know fast forward six months from now he's actually going to start popping up in google so tell me about going and making that full-time income going from working that job and you know jumping out of out of high school getting the internship and then you're all of a sudden making money online and you're like wow like i could i could continue doing this full-time how was that quitting that job and quitting that secured position to start moving and doing it as an independent business owner. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> well, first, I want to say that it was very tongue in cheek. It was never like, like you said, it wasn't a proud thing. It was, uh, it wasn't boastful or anything like that. It was definitely, um, like you said, strategic because people would receive my business card and they would either laugh 
or they would roll their eyes, but they wouldn't forget me. And I found pretty quickly mm. that, that that was really important that people didn't forget who I was because um, in this business, it's very, I mean, I hate to say cutthroat because that feels like so, oh, I'm in it to win it and I'm going to you know crush the competition and I can't stand the idea of crushing the competition. I'm very much a, we should work together and boost each other up kind of thing. But, right. um, but you know, it is very competitive. And if you can have a leg up on the, on the competition whenever you're first at least starting out and trying to get uh, you know your foot in the door it is helpful to have something that is memorable um one of the guys that um that i was working with way back in the day whenever i was first starting at metromix um one of the ways he got a job at one of the stations is uh, he had an interview with them and then he sent a cake to them with a piece of cake that was missing with a note that said i'm the missing piece and it, it's those wow. kinds of yeah, isn't that brilliant? It's so brilliant. Like I can't believe I never I, thought of that. Oh, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna steal yeah. that for myself. That's yeah, a good idea. It's, it's so brilliant. And it's like, you know, it's those little those little touches, those little things that that make people remember who you are so that whenever you reach out to them later, if you say something like, Yeah, I'm the girl that was joking around that I'm the famous Ashley Grant. Oh yeah, I remember who you were. You were very loud and flamboyant. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so you mentioned the thing about job security and yes, that was definitely an issue. I, um, I was working, I've had, I've had several different nine to five jobs, believe it or not. I've been doing this, you know, like I said, since, two, since 2007 in the, in the whole course of my career, I have had several nine to fives that I've had to take, you know, like when the economy tanked or, you know, when, when different things happened, but, um, it has been difficult sometimes not having the security. It is sometimes very scary because, you know, some months you'll get so much work that you don't know what to do with yourself and you think you need an assistant. And then the next month you're like, well, we're having ketchup packets and ramen noodles for the next month. But, uh, but you know, over the years, it's, it's definitely become a learning process. And I have, I, I like to think that I've created a little bit of a process where I go out and I look for clients and, and, um, I, I guess you could say my track record's been pretty good that whenever I reach out to people because they remember who I am and they've seen what I've done, it is a little bit easier to get people to say yes to me. But um, it is definitely a one-man band job. You have to know more than just writing. You have to be able to do you know, your social media and your, um, your content creation for Facebook and Instagram. You have to know a little bit about graphic design and pictures and things like that to really set yourself apart from a person who can just come to a person and say, hey, I I can write for you. Well, I can write for you, but I can do more than that. And so I think that that's really important that yes, you need one thing that you're really good at, but you also need some additional skills to, again, it's all about setting yourself apart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All, diversifying the portfolio, so to speak. And, and that's been big too, to where, although mainly the focus is in personal branding, I can also role play with a client if they need additional help with sales. Now I'm not a sales coach, but if they need a little bit of an additional help, it's like we are able to provide that for them. Now you mentioned a fantastic point that isn't talked about enough. And it's the entire fact that you're going to have certain months that are extremely busy and some months that are a little bit slower, you know, typically around quarter four of the year, around Christmas and the holidays, everybody uses that as, that as an excuse to slow down, break, you know, take their take their foot off the gas pretty much. But I found that although there are times that are faster, slower than others, for the most part, you can alleviate that 
and have consistent business. And the number one way of doing that is one, building up a reputation, which is your personal brand, and also building out a referral-based network. Now, what are some of the steps and some of the things that you have done outside of your name, famous Ashley Grant, to really become memorable in the eyes of other people or have that consistent business over the years? Because you've been at this for over a decade. And that's something that, you know, some people, if they're not getting consistent business after two or three years, they quit, or even after six months. Now, you've been at this for quite some time. Yes, I have. <laughs> I've been at this for a long time. And I, I think one of the big things is that anytime there is a lull in business, you immediately have to start reaching out to people. Like the second you are in that, you know, scarcity mode, you're going to freak out. So you've got to remember there's a bunch of people that need writers, you know, and that's part of the reason that I started doing the ghost blogging. I started doing that in 2014 because yes, I'm not always going to be able to get an article that has my name on the byline, but if I want to eat, I still need to be able to bring in the cash. And so I like to say that the ghost writing became a way that I may not get the credit, but I'll always get the cash. And so um, it, it's basically about like, if you, if you come to a position where you're freaking out about money, then just sit, sit down, write a list of people that you can reach out to and just start, you know, pounding pavement, start, start reaching out to everybody and their brother saying, Hey, do you need something? Is there something I can do for you? How can I bring you value? And, um, another thing that I do in those moments where I do have a lull in work is I make sure I'm writing more on your mediums and your, um, your personal blog. That's a huge thing. You've got to have your own personal blog. And the reason for that, especially in this business is if you're doing something like ghostwriting, like I am, you're not allowed to tell anybody what you wrote. And so if you go to someone and you're like, hey, I can write a bunch of stuff about dental work or a bunch of stuff about website security or you know whatever the topic may be, if I don't have some sort of piece that I have written under my own name that I can show them, I have no proof that I could do it. And so, you know, the blog became, you know, that much more important to me having something that I could use as proof, like social proof that I do know what I'm doing. I have done this before. And that's all the more reason that I try so hard to get out there and, and get my own byline on things. Um, like one of the things is um, I, I work for GoDaddy as a, as a um, content creator for them. I was their very first freelancer and um, cause they had never had anybody out of house write for their blog before. And um you know, I, I started writing for them. And, and of course that gives you credibility. So if you, if you can start working for people who have the big names and have the proof that you know what you're doing, it becomes much easier to say, this is what I've done. This is what I can do for you. How can we make this happen? Right. And that must honestly suck not being able to take credit for something, you know, that you've done. It's like, imagine if you wrote a book that hit the New York times bestseller and you're like, man, I'm the one who, who ghost wrote most of that. And okay, I'm that actually happened to me. That okay, actually happened to me. Let's talk about that because ghostwriting is something to where normally people only think of ghostwriting when it comes to these rappers or musicians or Taylor Swift. Now, not saying anything, but I'm just saying, you know, hey, it, it's not just in the music industry. It's also in books, articles like Grant Cardone. He has his team take his audios and strip them to articles. He's not sitting down every single day pumping out an pumping out a new article. So how has that been to where it's like, you have this understanding that this has happened, but you can't outright say it because you're under NDA. And I mean, I've been in, in situation where I worked with clients and had conversations with people, but it's not like I can publicly go out and say, hey, I'm working with this top executive or I'm working with this you know, public figure who would normally be out of reach for most people. It's like, and that's something that I've had to learn to kind of, man, like this is really cool for me and for my pride, but it's not something that I can publicly use for credibility. 
sometimes it really sucks. I mean, I just, I'm just going to put it out there. Sometimes it really sucks, especially when, you know, you mentioned the Grant Cardone Cardone thing where he was um, having his audio transcribed, at least in that case, it was his own words. Um, There have been situations where I'm just given a keyword and then you have to run with it. And so sometimes that is a little bit difficult to not be able to tell anybody that I did something because, you know, it, it's something you're very prideful about. It's very exciting. And, but that's all the more reason it's so important to write under your own name, at least on your blog, because at least then you can say, I did something similar. Um, so you don't feel so bad about not being able to say you wrote it. <laughs> that makes sense. What is your yeah. opinion on, going and becoming a guest contributor, not so much of a content creator for like, let's say GoDaddy, but I'm talking more so, especially in PR. And I'm, I'm against a lot of these people. I'm not against writing as a journalist or writing about subjects to increase your own credibility because being a guest writer for Yahoo Finance or Forbes or Entrepreneur or GoDaddy can definitely boost your credibility and your visibility. But I'm mainly against the PR guys who are saying, hey, I've paid for this placement in Entrepreneur so I can pump out articles. Now go ahead and pay me $2,500 and then I'll publish you in an article on Entrepreneur or Yahoo Finance. And this goes directly against a lot of terms of service. What is your opinion on those kind of plays that people are using? I think it all comes out in the wash. I think everybody figures it out eventually. And, you know, the, the real people, the real OGs, the real authentic people, you're, you're going to notice who as bad as this is going to sound, you'll know who deserves to be there because <laughs> mm-hmm. it comes through. Like, I mean, people can tell when you're being a slimy salesperson, you know, it's, it's very obvious at some point, like this person's just trying to sell me something. So I think it all comes out. I, I, I know that there are some people who are very good at skirting that line, but for some people, it, it, becomes very clear that they're just here to make money. They're just here to make a buck. They don't care about their audience. They don't care about their customer. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the people that don't always stay in business. And then they have one slip up. And then next thing they know, they're skirting that fine line and then they trip and fall into the water, right? Or the ice and then, underneath them. Yes. And then they're trending on Twitter as canceled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to have that conversation about cancel culture. It's honestly pathetic, the society we live in, in the sense of like, I don't know, I think people are just way too soft. And sometimes the tough love is the love that needs to be given. And that tough love is not always the love that wants to be received. And we could have a a 24 hour conversation about that nonstop. We'll be on to episode 300 by the time we get done. But, um, you know, for example, I recently started writing for Business to Community. And it's a site that some of these entrepreneurs are paying and having featured articles in. And I'm like, why do I need to pay when I can become a contributor for absolutely free? And so I submitted some of my work and I'm republishing it and it's popping up on Google News. You search up personal brands and the article that I wrote is on the first page of Google underneath a, a massive, massive keyword. But I'm using that as a play to become more credible in my space while also talking about other related business subjects. And I've submitted applications to Inc. Magazine. I've submitted applications to um, some of these other article places that are in the top 10,000 sites in the world based off of Lexa rankings. But I'm not over here charging for those placements because again, people are able to read. People can pull up a statistic on Social Blade nowadays and see, oh, this guy just gained 300,000 followers in the past week and he hasn't been shouted out by any massive celebrity. And it's it's a really, really grimy place. And I'm sure that you can, you, you know, you've probably seen plenty of that. But then this begs the question of, okay, 
if I'm not going to be paying for placements, how do I get placements for free? And I've had some people reach out to me recently out of like, they're like, Isaac, I'm kind of jealous of you because you've gotten into like five or six articles in the past, like two weeks that you've promoted. And I'm not saying this out of a place of ego, but out of a place of, hey, I've been putting in a lot of fucking work behind the scenes. And we mutually use a service called helpreporter.com also known as Harrow. And we're pretty much given the secret sauce if we're even talking about this. Let's have a conversation about that. I'm obsessed with Harrow. Help a reporter out is one of the best resources for both journalists and people that are trying to be contributors to the news. Um, it, it's, it's so amazing how a person can go on there and they can sign up as either a journalist or like I said, a contributor. And you receive these emails every single day. Well, depending on the frequency that you choose, you receive an email that says, you know, Hey, I'm looking for a business person to talk about, I don't know, let's say podcasting in, in, in our case, how you and I met. Um, I, I posted on Harrow because I was working on an article for medium saying that I needed podcasters to talk about the best way to find guests for their shows. And so as a journalist, I put, um, put on there, what my, what my pitch was, what I was looking for, um, who I wanted to submit something to me. And I had to be very specific because if you're not specific, you do get a bunch of PR people who send you really crappy responses. Um, of what they're, oh, I have 10 clients who would be perfect for this. Well, that's not what I asked for. I asked one question. So, um, so yeah, with Harrow, it's all about reading the, the pitches that, that come in that, or excuse me, the queries, the queries, <laughs> and then you receive pitches, um, for your query and you choose the best people and you use that for your article. And it's a great way for, for business owners and, um, experts to set themselves up as subject matter experts in their field, um, to get all these mentions that you were talking about. Did I answer your question? And <laughs> yes, you did. And and it's absolutely free too. I don't know about from a, a journalist standpoint, from, but from a source standpoint, it is 100% free. And it's, it is a, a product of Cision, which is one of the largest uh, PR wires, the news wires in the entire world. And so it's by a very, very credible company that's been around in business for 60, 70, 80 years. Now, I want to go ahead and this is this is a question that I'm asking for myself, but also other people are going to be able to get value from. I submitted a pitch and the, the article that we're talking about is how to find guests, like you mentioned. What about my pitch was appealing enough to where you're like, hey, I'm going to use this because there's a good pitch and then there's a horrible pitch. And then there's a decent pitch and then there's a phenomenal pitch and what makes a good pitch and what about my pitch stood out to you if you can if you can go back now this was about a month ago so i don't know if you can you know put the tabs and pull the tabs out the file cabinet but i'd love to talk about that for a second heck i'm gonna pull it up right now you'll have to edit this out because i'm pulling it up <laughs> not not editing it out at all this is raw and unfiltered <laughs> i do very very minimal editing because times like this are like hey like we're legitimately having this conversation and so this is going to stay in okay <laughs> okay so i did just pull up your pitch because i actually keep everything that's one thing that really? as a writer oh yes as a writer organized you have to, because here's the thing. What if I need you for another story? I need to keep your information on file because, you know, let's say someone amazing comes to me and they're like, Hey, we really want to do the same story that you wrote for medium. Do you have any, you know, new content that you can add? Yes, I do. Because I have mm -hmm. all these amazing people that are in my file. Um, so the first thing is you actually answered the question I asked. That was one of the things in the pitch that really stood out to me because I can't tell you how many pitches I got that didn't even answer the question. I asked a very specific question. I said, what is your number one tip for finding guests for your podcast? 
And it really frustrated me that some people answered everything except that one question. It's like, come on, just give me the answer. The other thing was you gave me your credentials. You told me who you were. You told me where I could find more information about you. Um, You even gave me your phone number. And that is actually really important because there's some times where I need to get in touch with someone and I'm like, hey, I need a um, a photo release, or can you send me an image I can use in the story? Uh, can you give me more background information, things like that? And if someone doesn't respond to that, well, then now I can't use you. Um, let's see what else about your pitch really stood out. Oh, the fact that you said why I should listen to you. You, you specifically said in here, I have recorded upwards of a hundred episodes, including guest appearances. You, you were honest with me. You told me everything that I needed to know. You were very straight to the point as well, though. Um, I actually received several, uh, messages that were very long, drawn out, like ridiculous. I mean, they wrote books <laughs> basically that they sent to me that I couldn't even use. I believe it. And the worst part was some of the people who wrote these long essays, again, didn't answer my question <laughs> and I couldn't use it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing though. I've, I think about when I'm sitting out a pitch, I think about being in the other person's seat because I hate receiving those sales pitches online that like, especially LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the most toxic platform for messages. It even beats Facebook in my opinion, because I'll receive pitches from people that are taking up my entire screen. And I have to scroll for about 15 seconds to get to the end of the pitch. It feels like, and I'm like, I'm not reading this. If you're trying to get on my podcast, I'm not going to read a three paragraph pitch as to why I should have you on my podcast, like your results and your personal brand, your business should speak for itself. And so thank you for really breaking down that pitch. And I, you know, for example, guys, you need to have the confidence. If you're listening to this, the confidence to display yourself and to say, Hey, you are missing out by not using my response. That's exactly what I mentioned and how to get other people on the podcast too. You're basically talking to the person who you're trying to get on your podcast. For example, I've had Matt Devine of Cameo, a billion dollar company now. I've had Kenny Herzog of Entrepreneur Magazine. I've, I've been able to snag these people because I make it seem like you're missing out by not being on my show and I'm your equal. And that's what these journalists are looking for. They're not looking for somebody to be like, I would love to be on your thing, da 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 da. Like, be straight to the point. They have a deadline. They get thousands of pitches like Ashley's talking about. Now, if you're uh, somebody who's writing a, a blog, what are some do's and don'ts of putting together an effective article? Because you this, and are you somebody who uses muckrack or do you use any other external sources to find, um, you know, maybe topics or people that you can mention? How do you go about coming and formulating up with an article that's unique, something that has a good headline and something that isn't, you know, hasn't been done before? I know that's a big question to unpack, but I've no doubt that you're going to be able to answer that. I think for me, the biggest thing is seeing what's trending. Um, And it also depends on what I'm trying to get work for. So I don't know if I'm the best person to speak to in terms of um, like the best articles to write. So I I guess I, I need you to kind of break down exactly what you're looking for from me right now. Not saying that, like, just get the, the beginning process of, of coming up with an article, are you extremely structured with it? How do you come up with a headline? Because that's another topic. Uh, how do I come up with a good headline? I've even struggled with this before of like, okay, there are a million different Forbes articles that talk about personal branding that say this. So how can I do something that's a little bit different? Something that's not clickbait, but it's still attractive and appealing enough for somebody to want to read. 
Um, I guess the best thing I could say is it starts with keyword research and seeing what the, those low hanging fruits are that I can go after, but it's also about the thing that I want to be known for or get attention for. Like right now I'm obsessed with writing about podcasting. I love writing about podcasting so much. I like the community. The community is amazing. I actually just got back from podcast movement and there's just something about the community of podcasters that just, it's like they're my favorite. <laughs> and so, um, so right now I'm really trying to do a lot more podcasting articles because I really want to know more about the subject, more about the industry and, and talk to people about that and speak to that. And so it is somewhat keyword research and trying to make sure I'm using those keywords and those things that people are going to be Google searching for. But it's also like, if you're trying to become a blogger about a subject, the most important thing is that you need to know what you want to write about, who you're trying to talk to, who your ideal audience is, what your end game is. And like I said, in this particular case, my end game is I want more articles on podcasting. I want to talk to more people about podcasting. So that's why I'm trying to find those unique subjects that I think people want to know. Cause like for me, I am a podcaster now and I want to know how to get guests. I just started um, interviewing guests this year. And so I needed to know, all right, well, where am I going to find them? Where do I look? So I did what everybody else did. I Googled it. Where do you look for podcast guests? And of course I got a bunch of, you know, random answers, but then I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if I want to get guests, who do I need to ask? other podcasters. And that's how that article, that particular article actually came about. And now I'm taking that article that I wrote and I'm working on another one right now, honestly. In fact, I, I saw your pitch for it, <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's not done yet. But uh, so since I'm trying to do more podcasting articles, I'm using what I've done to then go and find more people to write for. Does that make sense? No, it does 100%. And, and you're dropping so much value and kind of like the stuff that people are afraid of talking about because they're afraid of creating competition. There is no such thing as competition because this is the other thing. And I'm going to be brutally honest with my audience right now. If you're listening to this, chances are nine out of 10 of you are not going to apply a single thing that Ashley says. And then you'll have one person out of the 10 who will actually go out and apply it. And I'm going to encourage you that if you're thinking that you're probably going to be in that nine out of 10, go ahead and take a step back and actually take notes, re-listen to this and apply it because I have no issue talking to my clients and giving them the deep secrets because I know that unfortunately, no matter what amount of money they pay me, they still will not do everything that I assign to them. And that's not my fault. That's the person on the other side. Why do you think people go to these events and conventions and spend thousands of dollars on travel to feel motivated and they come home and nothing changes in their life? Make sure that you're not letting the emotions drive your actions and start letting the logic and the understanding that the only way you get results is through application drive your knowledge. Now, Ashley, a large part of personal branding is not only talking and sharing the aspects of your professional career and your expertise and why you'd want to work with you, but also about what makes you unique? What makes you you? And that's where most people get personal branding wrong. They only talk about what they do and not who they are. And I want to take a, a huge step back and talk about your upbringing. What was your upbringing like? Were your parents supportive? Um, and then were there any people in your family that were content creators or like, walk me through that process. Walk me through the, those early childhood years. Well, <laughs> the funny thing about that is my childhood looks nothing like what I am now. And the reason I say that is I, I was always, and I don't want to say it was my parents because it wasn't my parents. My parents were always, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you set your mind to chase your dreams. You can make your dreams happen, chase your dreams. You can catch your dreams. But, um, the interesting thing is 
high, all the way through high school, even in college, heck, even in my first like nine to five jobs that I had, I always got in trouble for talking. I mean, every single report card, every, um, every, what do you call those things? Um, where the a business evaluation like a progress report. Yes, progress or, reports, progress yeah. reports, and business. I always, always, always had the notes. She talks too much. She talks too much. And when I was in college, I basically was like, well, if I talk too much, maybe I should get paid to talk. <laughs> and um, the other thing is, like in college, like I was on track to be a high school social studies teacher. And I was doing everything. I was in the College of Education. I was doing all the prerequisites. I was totally convinced that that's where my life was going to go. It was going to be secure. And it was going to be, you know, um, the path that had been set out for me. I was, you know, that way I could not only get paid to talk, but um, then I could yell at anybody else who was talking whenever I wanted to talk. (laughs) But uh, so I was, I was on track for that. And then I met my husband. And one night he and I were talking about, you know, dreams and, and things that you want to do. And we, we talked about everything, like everything under the sun. And I realized that maybe education wasn't the way that I was supposed to be going. And this is a true story that I'm about to tell. And it's a crazy story. And, uh, but it's, but it's true and you want the truth. So here we go. In college, I was doing one of my uh, prerequisites. It was an elective. It was art, art history. And my professor, I wish to God I could remember her name because she she is the person who actually set me on a path that I never expected. But um, she had a dream that I was a reporter. And so she calls me into her office hours and she's like, hey, Ashley, I think you need to take for your next elective some sort of a reporting class. And I was like, reporting? Like, I, I never thought about being on the news. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, I had a dream that you were an anchor for a local news station. And I really think you should take some sort of a journalism class. And so I still needed an elective. And so the next uh, semester, I took um, intro- Introduction to Mass Communications with Dr. Rick Wilbur. And I remember that so clearly because one of the cool things that he did was he would bring in actual reporters to talk to us. And one of the guys that he brought in was Pete Williams, who um, he does, well, he used to do uh, freelance sports reporting for, I believe it was USA Today. And when he came in and was talking about all the different people he wrote for, I remember I went home and I looked at, well, and he's not my husband at the time. He was just my boyfriend. I went home and I saw my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, listen, I met this guy today. He's a freelance writer and that's what I want to be. And that kind of changed my, my whole path. And the very next semester, I changed my major from education to journalism. And that's what I graduated with. Wow. So you talk about public speaking and it's interesting how, you know, yes, like you, you are one of the few people that I can talk to that matches my energy or even surpasses it because your energy is like, you're, I don't, I don't even want to know how many cups of coffee you drink every day. Uh, I don't like coffee. <laughs> okay. Well, no, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Uh, Isaac looks like an idiot 101. No, but no. <laughs> uh, public speaking, have you done any like keynote speeches, et cetera, like maybe going to a college to speak or something like that? Um, or has it been not like for the most part, you haven't done any of that, but now that you're doing the podcast, could you see yourself doing some of that? I haven't done as much speaking as I want to, but I have taught a couple of courses on how to blog. Um, I also was able, I was fortunate enough to be chosen as one of the speakers at Florida BlogCon. I believe it was in, 
I want to say 2017, I spoke at Florida BlogCon and I've spoken at um, the Food and Wine Conference. It was a blogging conference down in Orlando. Spoke at that a couple of times. I would love to do more speaking. I I, I get jazzed up. Like you were talking about the energy. Um, I, sorry, my dogs are barking. Do you need me to shut them up? <laughs> Can you no, hear them? I can barely barely hear them, but it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, I I I would love to do more speaking. I I do get jazzed up by the energy of other people. So you were talking mm-hmm. about the energy of coffee. No, it's not coffee. It's it's that I get jazzed talking to people. I get okay. so excited meeting other people, learning their stories, sharing my story, and then sharing like you know my ideas on on how they can make whatever it is they're up to even better. Like I'm obsessed with telling people why they need a website, why they need a blog. And so I, I just get excited by helping other people figure out how to make themselves internet famous. <laughs> mm, mm, okay. So yes, I would okay. love to speak more. So if anybody needs to needs a speaker for an upcoming event, holler. <laughs> well, what's in the name of your podcast, by the way? You said that you started a podcast, but you didn't name drop it. Come on, Ashley. All right, it's the Bloggy Friends Show. And um, the the way that that began is when I went to my very first blogging conference in, I want to say it was 2016. No, that's not right. It's 2014. It was in 2014. Um, I met a bunch of people and I kept calling them my bloggy friends because I, I met so many people online that I had never met in real life. And so I just started calling everybody my bloggy friend that I would meet. And so in, in 2016 is when I bought the domain, the bloggy friend or bloggyfriends.com. And I had talked about it for years. I was like, I'm going to start this podcast. It's going to be all about my life as a blogger. And I'm going to interview bloggers and we're going to talk about blogging. And finally, because of the pandemic, I had time on my hands to actually do something. And so I started it on April 1st, 2020. Yes, April Fool's Day. And that was strategic. That was intentional because I made this decision that if anyone didn't like it, I was just going to say it was a joke. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, I started it on April Fool's Day and I committed to 10 episodes. I only committed to 10 because I didn't know if I was honestly going to like it. I got scared that if I did it, because that's what held me back for years from putting it out there is I was scared I wouldn't like it. I was scared people wouldn't like it. I was scared people would judge me. And so, um, so yeah, I, I kind of held back from that. And I regret that. Like, I wish I had started that year when I bought the domain. Um, but so I, I committed to 10 episodes where it was just going to be me and the microphone so I could get, you know, my bear and figure shit out. And then um, on episode 11, I finally brought on my first guest. And when I brought him on, it was someone I had been on his podcast several times. It was Robert Yanis of Crooked Table. And uh, it was all about film. We were talking about film and I love the movies. Um, I worked in a movie theater for years. I, you know, movies were my life for a while. And so it was so fitting that it was him that was on my, my, one of my very first, or my very first episode where I was interviewing guests. And uh, we were talking all about ghostwriting because he and I, we have battle scars together. We've been doing ghostwriting together and I actually got him some of his first ghostwriting jobs. So, um, so yeah, it's all about connection. Are you noticing that there's a theme? <laughs> we got to connect with people. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, going back to blogging, because it is an effective strategy to not only expand credibility, but also connect with people. You're on my podcast because of that placement. If you, I wasn't placing that article, I wouldn't have ever saw your stuff. I would have never followed you. We would have never interacted. And we wouldn't be on the podcast dropping this immense amount of value for people because you you have been dropping some massive gems. So what about 2020 kind of changed for you because you were scared and kind of concerned and overthinking the reactions of other people and the responses. And that's something that you have to overcome. Why did you finally make that leap of faith? What was that trigger point for you? 
Um, I don't want to say it was the pandemic because that's not completely true. Um, the reality is that I, I had lost the fear of just starting long before that, but I then didn't have the time. So the, in, in 2020 is when I finally had the time to just do it. And I met some people who really encouraged me and taught me what I needed to know about how to even launch. So in 2019, I covered podcast movement for, um, for GoDaddy. I actually covered podcast movement then. And I met a bunch of podcasters where I literally was just asking all of them, like, Hey, how do you launch? What do you do? How can I do this? Like, is my idea stupid? You know, that kind of thing. And so when that article came out, it kind of gave me the validation I was looking for of, I can do this. Anybody can do this. And so just go for it because if nothing else, you can say it was an experiment. And if, and that's all the more reason I did it on April fool's days. Cause then I could say it was a joke. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that you took that leap too, because um, I know for my first 20, 30, 40 episodes, I remember listening back to my voice and I'm like, I do not sound like that. I, I do. I can't. And I re-released my first ever podcast episode that I recorded uh, a few episodes back and I, I it, you can hear a night and day difference, but I would obsess over the most small, the smallest thing. And then I realized that the people who are listening aren't paying attention to the ums, the buts, the, you know, those, those words that you repeat a lot, like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So over time it gets better. And, and to anyone listening, I would definitely suggest like take that leap of faith and, and go all in. Now, where are you heading with this? That's the, that's the million dollar question here. I want to, I want to know what's next for Ashley. I guess the best way to say it is a little bit more of the same. Um, I want to do more stuff under my own name. That is true, but just more of the same. I, I more connection, more talking to people, more getting getting their their stories out there. That that's what I thrive on. I love it, and I I want to do more podcasting. I want to do. I, I'm really trying to get the courage to do YouTube. <laughs> that's one thing that I really want to do, but. Um, but yeah, so that that's really it. Cause if anyone were to say, or, you know, what, what's your dream job? I'm doing it. And yeah, there is, there are times that I'm not as excited about ghostwriting, but like I said, in those moments where I really need to pay the bills, I'm so grateful for it. And the other good thing about the ghostwriting is it gave me a way to learn more about how to properly craft blog posts and to get more comfortable with changing my voice and changing um, I guess the structure of the article, I'm, I'm now a lot more well-versed in how to take someone from the beginning to the middle, to the end, um, like including your calls to action, including your, this is why I'm an expert, that kind of stuff. So I'm so grateful for all the ghostwriting that I have been doing and that I will continue to do because I'm going to keep doing it until mm. I don't need to, if that makes sense. Um, but the, the reality is I, I am just, I'm so damn grateful that ghostwriting fell into my lap because it, it saved my life in a way, because, you know, I was headed towards eviction. I was headed towards, you know, not being able to pay my bills because, you know, when, whenever the economy tanks, the very first people to go in any, in any business are the independent contractors, the temp workers and the freelancers, because anybody who has a full-time salary, they're going to be given all the extra work 
because they can't afford to keep paying all these extra people. And so that's exactly what happened in that moment when I needed the ghostwriting in the first place. I had a lot of my work dry up. I, you know, Metromix closed in a couple of the magazines I was writing for in Tampa, they closed. Uh, websites were, were getting sold to other people. Like one of the websites I was working for, they sold to another company. And suddenly all the work was drying up where I could use my name and tell people I wrote it. And it just so happened in January, 2014, I get a call from someone who met me while I was doing writing under my name at a, a Channel 10 event, not a Channel 10, a Metromix event. And she is like, hey, I have a blog for, for my business and I don't have time to write it. Can you write it? Hell yes, I can. <laughs> and so that, that that's kind of what started the whole ghostwriting thing. She referred me to other people. And then I met someone who was working for her, who was working for a marketing agency and they needed ghostwriters. And next thing I knew, I had more work than I knew what to do with. And I was so grateful to keep working towards, you know, making my own name a thing. But at least in the meantime, like I said, I wasn't getting the credit, but I was getting the cash. Right. And and sometimes you have to make those sacrifices in business to get to that point. And actually, I see something over the next 10 years where you're going to be traveling and speaking on stages and things of that nature, because it would be almost a sin against humanity for you not to speak because of how well you're speaking. You're you're reminding me of some of the great speakers I've seen. Like I went to 10X Growth Con in Miami and saw Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And I'm thinking Monique Idlet Mosley, you know, Timbaland's ex-wife and also venture capitalist, some of these really strong, um, you know, empowered women. And I'm like, I'm getting that same exact energy from you. And so whatever I can do to help you position yourself to where you can get some gigs, let me know because I'm, I'm going to be reaching out to you to proofread my book that I'm writing. It's not going to be a 200 page book. It's going to be like a, a 30 page manifesto and work, but I would definitely love to have you have you proofread that in the future when I'm ready to launch that, you know, towards the end of 2021, 2022. And uh, I'm just excited to see what you do next. I'm excited to see it too. Cause everything you were just saying sounds damn good to me. <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely. Now, where can people work with you and where can people find you? The best place to find me is um, famousashleygrant.com. And even though the handle is not Famous Ashley Grant on all the social media, um, if you type in Famous Ashley Grant on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, everything, that's where I am. Um, so like, you know, Twitter is Ashley is famous, but if you search out Famous Ashley Grant, you still find me. <laughs> There we have it. There we have it. Now, Ashley, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Do you have any final words, advice? I don't know, something that's on your heart that you're just like wanting to get out, get off your chest. I, I don't know. Well, I guess the one thing that that just keeps coming up and has been coming up a lot in my circle lately is that Oscar Wilde quote, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. You have to be authentic. You have to be you. Don't try to mimic other people. Like, even if you decide that you want to start a podcast or a blog or a business or whatever, make it you because everyone can tell when you're faking it. Everyone can tell when you are trying to copy someone else. So just whatever it is you're deciding to do, be authentic and remember that it's not about you when it comes to business. It is about your audience, your customer, what they need, because if you are serving someone else, you won't go hungry. Absolutely love that. And guys, you've just got done listening to honestly one of my favorite episodes. And I continuously say this every episode because my guests keep getting better and better. Ashley, in the future, 
I'm going to invite you back for an episode two, like a part two, because that's how good this conversation was. And I know that you have a ton of other things to talk about, but I also want to be respectful of her time today. So guys, make sure you go follow Ashley and be on the lookout for new episodes coming every single Monday and then interviews with awesome people like Ashley every single Friday. Much love. Well, well, well while we're well, recording, while we're recording, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Will you be on my podcast? <laughs> consider it done. Yes. Consider it done. And then any other articles too. Hey, shameless plug. I got to say any other articles that you're working on, let me know because I'd be more than willing to promote it and uh, share some insights. So like I said, I got your pitch right here for the next one I'm working on. So we'll talk about that. (laughs) There we go. Well, guys, make sure to go follow her. Her and I are going to continue our conversation off air and uh, be on the lookout. Like I said.